I'm so glad to be here. I have to say, I have forgotten I have some friends uh, that are in this church that haven't seen in a while. And thank you for the invitation. It is an honor for me to share the Word of God and to be able to uh, share the meditations and, uh, and the devotional that I have with me. As you can see, my voice, I'm not a preacher. I, I share what uh, the Lord has provided me first, the things that have renewed my mind and my spirits, and this is exactly what I do. It is an honor to be here, and I hope that the message this morning will fill your heart just as I feel um, uh, when I was preparing this. Something happened this week. It was actually last week as I was preparing to um, travel because of my work, and, and yes, to a brief explanation of what I do, I am a veterinarian, I am a ruminant nutritionist, so I, I work specifically with animals that have four stomachs, and that they are called ruminants. And um, for many years, I stay at home um, with my three kids, three teenagers now, and so when people ask me if I was practicing my career, I say practically yes. I, and then my husband, some of you know, my husband is very tall, and I've never seen people eating as much as my husband does. So I was technically continue practicing. <laughs> In reality, what I do now is to work directly with, with dairy cows, and in particular, more specific than that, organic dairy farms. So I only work with organic farms. And maybe some of you have heard um, there is a lot of debate about um, milk and plant-based beverages. So the cooperative that I work with uh, is Organic Valley. Maybe you have seen the containers in the refrigerator in the grocery stores. Uh, we are going through um, a big crisis in the industry. And we have been preparing for a series of presentations. They asked me to prepare some, uh, some meetings and seminars across the country. So I started last week in Oregon and Washington State. And in preparing for this, I am traveling with my tablet and everything is in there. And on Friday, as I was preparing and making sure that the presentation was there, all the talking points start to act up and giving me some signs that something was wrong. And I was in my mind saying, Okay, not now. In fact, I, I don't have typically any issues with computer because most of the time I actually focus on practical things. I, I only use the computer when I have to. But in this week, it has to be ready for me. And the, the bottom line was that the computer had a, a virus. So I have um, a, a program that I connect directly. My computer is connected with the headquarters. It's, it's in Wisconsin. And uh, the IT department starts to take over the computer and look through what was going on. And we went through some steps that some of you have gone through when your computer is acting up. Of course, you, know, you can always do a Control-Alt-Delete, press that button, and that is called what? reboots. So they asked me to do that. Let's see if it's just the basic thing. So I did it. The computer reboots. And it goes through the whole process. And it's like starting all over again in blank. Close all the programs that you had. Well, that didn't work. 
And so the person said, I'm going to see what's going on in your computer from there and see if I can do something from the headquarters all the way sitting down in my home office. And he went through all, and it looked like something that he couldn't handle from there. So at that point, he asked me to um, take everything that I wanted to save. They discovered that there was a virus in there, and they block access to the database that they have. So I will not infect the files that are when I'm connecting with the headquarters information system. So you, th you see, there was a process. But at one point, everything had to be closed down. And they asked me to put it in a box because the computer had to be returned to the manufacturer. There had to be a point where I accepted that I couldn't do anything in my end. They had to accept it in the headquarters that they couldn't fix it. And it had to be closed down and had no more access to what was behind in that computer. About a couple of years ago, I was turning 50. And I know if you're going to try to count, so you, you, you guess my age. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm 53 years old. About three years old, I was facing the point where I wanted to give myself to God in a renewed way. I asked God, God, I'm going to be 50. I want to rededicate my life for the next 50 years that you have for me, assuming that I'm going to be 100. In fact, my grandfather died when he was 100 years old, and I have been uh, extremely happy, honored to be used by God in so many ways. And I was attending a church that I love. My kids grew up in that church. Some of you know my kids, and they were from there all the way to have their best friends and the best environments. And I thank God for that. But it was a point in my life when I knew that I wanted to dedicate myself with a renewed interest in God's plan for, for the community where I live. So I was praying very heartily about the new task that God will have for me. I have one, my best friend is in Atlanta, Georgia. She is from Brazil. And we were praying together, and I, I was asking her to pray for me because I felt that God wanted me to do something different. And I was reading, it came in the mail, um, information from the conference that in that year they had just elected somebody to be in charge for church planting. And then when I continued reading in the booklet, it says that the person um, said that he's interested in opening a church in Chambord. That lit in my, I don't know if it was, I was reading too fast, so I went back and exactly in the area where I live. And I felt in my heart that that was exactly the call that I was asking God. And then so I immediately, I look at the name of the person, and I call the Illinois conference, and I call the secretary, 
And I say, listen, I'm, I'm reading this. I just received the magazine, the, the, the bulletin, and it says that this is a new person in charge of a new department. Can you give me the phone number of uh, Pastor Gabriel Bardem? And they say, sure, let me give that to you. And I closed the call, and right away, I knew that I was going to travel next week. And I said, I'm going to call him right now before I forget or before I get busy with anything. I call, and Pastor Gabriel Bardem pick up the phone. And I was so excited. I started talking. I say, this, uh, this, is, self, this is who I am. Uh, I am a, you know, I attend this church. I've been uh, praying about this. And I just read what you wrote, that you are planning to open um, a church in Chambord, if it's possible. And I just want to, you know, put myself... Uh, uh, um, available to you, and I am I'm ready to start. And and if you know Pastor Gabriel Bardem, he he takes a little time to answer. And he, I don't know in a silence that it felt like ten minutes. It was probably ten seconds. And he goes, "Well, they they put the line in there without my permission." And my heart was went to the floor. Oh, okay, and start apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, you know, don't want to rush anything that is not in there. But I say, but no, don't worry. Do you have time to meet? And he said, yes, I do. And I'm thinking, if I'm not doing, if I don't do it this week, it's not going to happen next week. I said, yes, I have time right now. And so he said, well, I'm driving right now. Um, if you live in that area, do you want to meet me in Whole Foods in Chamber, and we can discuss some things and see, you know, what, what, what can we do about it? We met there. This is like 45 minutes after that first time that I saw the line in the bulletin. I, I took the car and I drove there. We met and we sat there for almost four hours. And at that point, we, we realized we knew that the plan, you know, was in God's hands, and we could only be available for him. And that was the start of an amazing journey that, of course, had to say goodbye to the church that I've been an elder for, I think, uh, over 13 years, and start all over. Uh, we started in my home, in my living room. We moved to the dining area. We then moved to the garden and the porch, and when uh, it was the, the right time, um, we found a place in Chambord, and this is what we are doing. It is a different concept because in my heart was, you know, in this next 50 years of my life, what I want to focus is on those that you are looking for, attracting, looking for those that are looking for God. I want to focus on, on non-adventists. I want to focus on um, mothers uh, in the Chambord area who are struggling with kids that are dealing with drugs. I want to focus on people that are homeless in an area where there is affluence and people can pass them by while they are in the mall. And so we, we are in a different concept. In fact, we are starting right now. We start at noon and we start with a, a, a free community vegetarian and vegan lunch. So we start eating. How about that? <laughs> and then uh, after we have some fellowship with the people that are visiting, 
then we do the worship service. And it's a very a powerful service. We have music. We are blessed with an amazing um, young lady, a recording artist, Alice Hyde, and she sings like uh, I, I don't hear many singing. And so we have a focus in the community. Uh, our team go to the mall before we start, um, and they, they go and uh, um, ask for people if they want to pray with them. I go to Whole Foods and Fruitful Year, and then I share invitations to anybody that wants a free vegan meal. So we are focused on that. We are a, we're a small team, but we are renewed with the concept that, yes, if we want to reach out to those that are around us. We might have to shake some things and leave some things traditional in the past and approach the same gospel, the same word of God, just with a different venue in a different way. Our dream is to have a cafe where we can just have um, available nutritious food and have right there worship services available for prayer people that want to stop by and just want to talk and have people available. And God is preparing these plans, and, and we are welcoming uh, people that are um, focusing on people that are looking for God. We are all in, you know, enjoying putting things together for other people. And so we are no longer sitting down and waiting to see who, who's going to entertain me today, who's going to sing for me. We are all busy. Um, putting our hands together to serve God. And there is something about asking to be transformed and renewed. And there is something about New Year's that put our minds in that gear. There's nothing special with the very first seconds or very first minutes of the New Year, but we perceive that there is something special about it. So November and December, people start thinking, so what are the things that I want to do beginning next year? And so most people focus on the new year thinking that they need to do something, but don't think about the year that they are leaving behind to see if there is something that indeed have to be left behind before you start thinking on the new year. And so we have the dilemma that we can enter a new year without making any drastic changing in your mind and things will be different. We have the thinking that when we are not, no longer happy with our family and our home, we just change the neighborhood, we buy a new home, and we move there without making any changes. And if you were not a talking relationship, um, good relationship family in the old house, guess what? You're going to have the same thing in the new house. In my country, there is a tradition that for the new year, you have to put something new the first day of the first month of the year. So you might be putting something new that has been not used by anybody, it's not all, but you are putting it in an old body that you have made no adjustment to change. So new clothes can be worn in all bodies and all minds. And I want to introduce you to a young man 
in the Bible that was facing a decisive moment in his life. He was at a breaking point where he either leave things in the past and begin to move forward with a different attitude, or he will resign and will continue to have his face down in the ground and face dirt for the rest of his life until God called his life as over. I want you to look for 2 Samuel chapter 12, and we are going to read verse 16 and on. So this is, this is the way the Bible is. It is something powerful. You can forget everything that I will say this morning to you. But if there is one thing that I want you to remember, it's the text we are going to be reading. So for that, I'm going to ask you to please look for the Bible. I don't know, sometimes they put it in the screen. But read it because this is the transformation that the Holy Spirit does. He transformed me already through this text. But you might miss it if you don't read it and allow yourself to let the Holy Spirit talk to you too through the text we are reading. There is nothing special about my words, but there is everything about the Word of God. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I'm going to begin in verse 16. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background, not too much in in. in Reality, I know that you know this situation. David is coming into this point with a sin in his life. He committed adultery. He committed murder. And he faced the consequences before the prophet. And the prophet heard his word that in his heart he didn't intend to sin against God. And Nathan said, I heard you. God will take care of you. But there is a consequence in here, a real consequence, is that the baby that has been born to you and Bathsheba, the baby will die. But David had that in his mind. But something was going in that in that mind that did not allow him to accept the consequences. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody here this afternoon who has been hearing from God that there is a path in front of him or her, a path, a brilliant path of forgiveness and moving on but there are some things that need to be left behind. David had an amazing experience of confronting and arguing with God. And this is where we take it in verse 16. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. 
And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not. Nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day, the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they say, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He might do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They say he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him and ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this thing you have done? You fast and wept for the child while he was alive? But when he died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fast and wept, for I say, Who knows? whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child might live. But now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. There is something about the seriousness of points in our lives when we are in the middle of a crisis. Whether we Look for the problem, or the problem came to us. Because you know how it is. We have put into situations where we are the solely responsible for the things we are having. And there are some things that we are receiving the consequences, and yet for that, God has specific plans to make changes in you, and for you. David was wrestling with God. For seven days, the minute he saw that this child, this nameless child, began to get sick, he knew what he wanted to do. He was going to be using the same tactic that he had used in the past. He was going to work it out with God. He had received words that there was a destiny for that and a consequence. Yet he said, if I pray hard enough, if I fast often enough, if I pay all my tithes, if I show up in church every Sabbath, if I read my Sabbath school lesson every day, if somehow I work it out, God will do a change in my life. 
And at this point, David is working his way to save this child. For seven days, all that he wanted to face was the sand and the dirt in the ground. For all the time that he spent crying, feeling miserable about his situation, for all the things that were going through his mind, God had a plan for him. In fact, when the things started to get bad, they had never seen the king like that. They had seen the king slaying lions, defeating giants, fighting, going ahead of the crowd, and they have seen him many times winning battles, but they had never seen their king facing the ground, refusing to eat, refusing to drink, and refusing to be helped. There's something about when you do not accept help, that your elders can do anything for you, that your pastor can do anything for you, and you face the ground and try to make changes on your own. In fact, he is on a suicidal point. You, you heard the, the text, right? That they were afraid to say what happened because even when the child was alive, he had some weird thoughts going through his mind. And he said he might do some harm to himself. It couldn't be more clear than that. So David was wrestling with God. But you know, he has not been the only one wrestling with God. Jacob rests, wrestled with God. Paul wrestled with God. And he said, many times I asked to have this removed from me. And God did not remove it. Jesus wrestle with God. And some of us right here in this place have been wrestling with God with things that we have been trying to save and God has decided that had to die. There was the king trying to keep alive something that God had decided that had to die. There might be some things in the way you carry yourself, the attitudes that you had in 2018, the habits that you have been doing in the past, company that you have been keeping, that have been providing you with to toxic thoughts, people that have been taking you to the wrong places, people suggesting you to read the wrong materials. There are some things that you have been trying to hold on. Oh no, not my buddy, not my best friend, not this place, not this website, not this social media. You have been trying to hold on to something that God knows it had to be left behind 
so you continue with 2019 with a renewed purpose and renewed mind. And God is working in David's mind in a way that he has been working in my mind, and I'm pretty sure in your mind too. And it gets to a point where in the Bible, this amazing text that we read of the renewing of the mind that had to take place. We don't know exactly how that happened, but when the elders were whispering, the child died, what we are going to do, how we are going to communicate this. God, working in David's mind, has got a hold of his mind, and David was receptive. So when David saw that they were whispering, before he heard it, the text say that he recognized. Actually, the original word that is used in the original text, it says, the translation is, he then realized. The psychologist and the psychiatrists explain that this point of realization, when somebody just all they saw that everything, every light is on, and you realize your situation. It is the turning point when somebody gets up and decides to turn around completely. That's what happened with David at this point. He reaches his mind before he reached his ear, because he didn't hear that the child was dead. It makes sense in his mind that everything was over. And it until reaches your mind, it will not reach your life. But once you realize that there, has, there are things that you need to leave behind, there are things that you need to accept that needs to be dead in your life, this is the time then that you click everything, and God can use you from now on. David accepted in his mind that the will of God was for this child to be dead. And then the amazing thing happened at that point. At this point, nobody could have helped him. No sermons helped him, nothing. God took a hold of that mind. There is a text in the Bible that says, as a man think, so is he. It is not in the changes of clothing or changes of places. You can move to another church if you think this, that spiritual weakness that you have is going to change as you move to another church. It won't because what needs to happen is the transformation of up here in your mind. But once it happens, God, God then has something to work with. And he realized that, and the text said that he right away started doing some changes. So he got some water and some soap, and he refreshed himself. He renewed, he refreshed. He took a shower, and who knows what was his smell for seven days. I know how my kids smell when they don't, when they skip a couple of days. 
He skipped seven days. He was eating dirt all this time because he thought that facing the ground will give him the real grief. So God will say, because he thought, hey, God had come through for me in the past. I have asked him to change things. I have, I have been in this crisis. But what happened when you do the same thing you have done in the past, you pray like before, you fasted like before, and nothing changes, and it doesn't work this time. This is the time you realize that there might be something different going on, that there might be some uh, realization in you that you indeed have to let some things die so you can move on. And God accepted this heart and renewed himself. He changed his clothes. Then he drove through and he got a veggie burger, a double-decker, because it says that, you know, he was not eating for seven days. He washed himself. He ate. He drank. And it says that he anointed himself. You know that in reality, every time there is anointment involved in the Bible, there's somebody anointing you. Remember that the text said that nobody could help him? There are some point in your life that you have to take charge of your own spiritual life. You have heard um, a thousand sermons in the internet. You have attended a million seminars. But there is a point in you where nobody has to be giving you that food. You have to start getting yourself in the spiritual journey that God has in front of you. So he decided to do that, and then he went to worship to the house of God. Some historians say that this is where he was inspired, and the verse that say, I was glad when they say, let us go to the house of God. This is the right place for a person to come that has decided that there are some things that you need to leave behind and there is a new path in 2019 that you're going to work. God is ready to take your past, pack it up, and put it behind. There are some things that God has already prepared the funeral for. And if you are still trying to hold on, cry over, and Keep on that, you might not see the possibility that is in front of you this year. For some of you, there are some practical things that you want to accomplish. There are some um, certificates that you need to get. There are some um, certification and, and licenses to get. There are some business that God has put in your heart that you need to be moving on. I don't know what is your thing. I know what is mine. But search within yourself. And see, what is the thing that God has for you in 2019? And what are the things that God has asked you to leave dead in the past? Until that happens, God cannot move on with you. In fact, in the next verses in there that we read is that after he put his past behind, Solomon was conceived. That was the next king. If he had stayed living in the past... The purpose of his life will have not been accomplished. If he will have stayed the same way, he will have never had the opportunity to have this new son. 
I don't know what is in front of you, but I'm asking you, if this is the time that you need to commit yourself and face the reality of with God, let's take care of that right here, right now. So as we finish with the last song, and when I come to have the last prayer, start working in your mind as you sing. And ask God, what are the things that he wants you to die in the past? And what are the things that he's ready getting for you to live in 2019? May God bless us.